0: Welcome to All of the Above. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church at Greer Station. I'm sitting here with Aaron Markham, affectionately referred to as Ronald, in case he loves that. Um, Aaron loves it too. Uh, I, he's I, not, he's nodding not, in agreement I, right I now. I do not
1: love it. I'm shaking my head <laughs> side to side. In our culture, that means no. Maybe other cultures, that would mean yes. Oh yeah, social cues. Are not hide to hide shake, or side to side shake means means. Gotcha. Uh, Aaron is my name.
0: Aaron is his name. Um, Douglas is his middle name.
1: That's right. Um,
0: Dr. A.D. Markham. Yeah. Will you go by that one day?
1: Uh, that, that would be a cool name, A.D. I've never <laughs> thought about that. Yeah. Uh, this is All the Above, where
0: we have excessively long intros before we talk about things of substance. That's great.
1: Uh, um,
0: really quick, what is uh, just a surprise question for you? What is one thing that you get irrationally upset over, just irritates you, and you recognize it's totally pathetic, but it irritates
1: the heck out of you? <laughs> What irritates me? Oh my Other, gosh. other than being called Ronald, <laughs> God Ronald. Um, that. Oh, okay. Actually, no. I have it. I have the thing that irritates me. This is not probably surprising. Is when you go to a, a restaurant, like you go to Chick Fil A, and they have an eight count nuggets and they have a twelve count nuggets. The thing that that irritates me is when the price per nugget on the twelve count nugget is more expensive than the eight count nugget. Or really, maybe even a better picture I've seen before is like, I can't think of the exact, but like an eight count and a 16 count. And it's cheaper for me to just get two eight counts Mm. than the 16 count. Actually, I did that at Chick-fil-A for one of our group leader huddles. It was cheaper for me to order a bunch of 12 counts than for me to order their platters. We got more sauces, it was cheaper per nugget. It was a better deal. It was very annoying, because I went in and ordered them all individually, but that's just how my brain works. Price per nugget. I
0: love so much that you (laughs) take that you have price per nugget in your head yeah that that's even a thing you take into your
1: consideration I, I, every time i'm at any store so i i like can't i know your brain space does not operate like that my brain space is it can't I, not it, it just always is like what's casey and i are like should we get the large nugget or, or the large fry or the medium fry okay the one is 210 the other's 250 how many more fries do you think we get we should probably just get two mediums large and a medium you know yeah that's just how that's I, awesome it's, it's bad and annoying probably
0: I only want you to order for me that from this point moving forward.
1: I'll get you the best price. I promise I
0: you that. I 100% believe that. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cooper would be so proud right now. Yes. I love it. Uh, I would say the thing that makes me irrationally angry is just the existence of chewing gum. It's gross. It doesn't do anything. There's no nutrition involved. It barely has flavor. And then people stick it somewhere and you step on it and you get their saliva stickiness all over you. It infuriates me. Not just that people chew it not just that people stick it places they shouldn't but that it exists mm. that to me makes no sense
1: yeah i i'm with you on that casey's family loves chewing gum Ugh. like they give it to us as a you know the in the stocking at christmas there's no. always packs of chewing gum we always leave it in a drawer and then they just always eat it when they come to our house um because we don't we don't partake and they're eating like instead of a pack of cigarettes a day it's like a pack of gum a day man um and it is it is gross i would i would agree when you step on it, when you touch it under the—I'm I'm putting my hands underneath our chair right now. I'm hoping theres I'm not feeling any gum. So, yeah. thankfully, our staff hasn't, hasn't chewed their gum and put it on the underside of these chairs. Thankfully.
0: I'm pretty sure that I asked Emily when we started dating to just stop chewing gum, and I don't think she does that. She does it, but she just does it when I'm not around now. So, the sacrifices you make for the people you love. That's fair. Um, well, we are talking today about sanctification, and specifically— This question, if God wants us to be holy, if God wants us to be righteous, if he wants us to look like him, why does it take so doggone long? Why is it an instantaneous thing? You know, when we're saved, when we're justified, when we are united with Jesus and receive all the benefits that come with being united with Jesus, uh, we receive his status as a son, we receive his, his access to the Father, we receive his name, his death, his life, his resurrection becomes ours. All of that is an instantaneous bam it's applied to your account why doesn't he make us subjectively righteous why doesn't he why doesn't he go ahead and, and restore our hearts and make us people who are completely sanctified right then I tell you that this question was spawned by a couple of things uh, just thinking about um, uh, the, the past couple of chapters in Ecclesiastes uh, specifically uh, chapter chapter 6 where he says you know don't be overly wise or overly righteous. Don't be overly wicked. Um, just kind of reflecting on righteousness and wickedness and the call to holiness that's all over the scriptures, all over the New Testament. Um, so why doesn't God just make it bada bang, bada boom? What mm. do you think,
1: Aaron? Well, I'm thinking about our, our original question you telling a story at lunch today about the kid beside you in algebra class chewing gum. Mm. And it's like somehow for your sanctification, that kid was just chewing gum It was a pro. It it grinded you. Yep. It was hard. It was difficult, and yet it was for your good to have that kid beside you chewing gum, so you could learn patience or forgiveness or whatever you needed to learn. Um, Or
0: the to get over the fear of man to say please, please don't please don't chew gum. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right.
1: So I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I was thinking you kind of highlighting that question about Second Corinthians five if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old Mm. is gone. The new has come. And we want to sit in that truth and we want to revel in that truth. And we want to recognize uh, what has passed is is past and our sin is covered. I mean, that, that was a big wrestling for me coming to know the Lord was, can I be forgiven for the sin that has overwhelmed me in the past and is still kind of tying me down? And I'm trying to Get over and i'm seeing the spirit give me a little bit of growth and then i fall back and a little bit of growth and i fall back um but the but the lord has made us a new creation and we can revel in that we can enjoy that we can delight in that um we don't just have to sit we have both confession and assurance just to picture what we do in our services um we're not just confessing our sins over and over and over again we are assured that Christ has paid the price, that we are redeemed, and that we are washed clean. And yet, we are living in an already, but not yet, world of we are already new creations, we're made new. Um, Hopefully I look more godly than I did 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, or 3 years ago. Um, When you look kind of maybe longer links, maybe it's harder to see yesterday or 2 days ago, but you know, give 6 months a year, 3 years, whatever, hopefully I look more godly. So we're kind of, you know, being able to delight in that, and yet we're not yet fully arrived when all thing, all sad things are made untrue, all things are made new. Um, I still am wrestling with sin all the day long. Um, you know, many times I think Casey and I are never going to have another argument again. We're like we're in such a good season, everything's bliss, we're enjoying life. And you know, whatever happens. And then she we, goes
0: ordering one of those twelve counts and then Yeah.
1: And it was like the best price was to order two eight counts. Like, why do we not do that? Mm. Um, and then we then we get a little we get a little tiff. Not really. Um and so th- just thinking about that that the Lord is still working on us, he's still molding us, he's still shaping us, we still wrestle and struggle with sin and yet we are made new. And I think there's a lot of beauty in that. I think the Lord has ordained it in his mm. kindness and in his grace for some reason the the most difficult of seasons uh, is a lot of times when we grow mm. the most I even highlighted that in my Ecclesiastes sermon related to to death like when we when we see death, when we look at death, when we attend a funeral, that is better for our spiritual good than why than witnessing a birth or, or being with a newborn baby because mm. it, it teaches us the reality of life. Ecclesiastes seven, kind of one through, verses one through four. Um, and so there's something in his in his kindness and in his grace that he has ordained to um, bring about slowly our sanctification and that we will um, we will grow over time because really hard things, challenging things even times of sin we can then turn first john one and two is are are beautiful we can confess our sins we Mm. can turn god is faithful and just we have an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous john writes it so that we don't sin and yet when we do sin we have that advocate Mm. so there's so many so much just theological beauty in it Mm. what do you think yeah um this
0: question was also spawned for me um by there, there's a book by a guy named Ke- Kelly Kapik. Uh He wrote a book called You're Only Human, which is basically, he calls it the theology of finitude, the um, theology of limits, the, the limits of, of being humans and having a human body, soul, and spirit. Um, and it's, it's been a helpful book. And he, he kind of wrestles with this question in one of the chapters. And one of the things he pointed out in that chapter was, even in Genesis 1 and the creation of the garden, you see that God designs process. He doesn't just desire the end. He also desires the means. And that, um, like in Genesis chapter 2, when man's created, um, the way that it reads is that there was not, the ground had not yet sprung vegetation. Therefore, God created man. And so God created man to cultivate and draw the vegetation out of the earth. And so there's a kind of process that God wrote into the fabric of Of creation, Um, and that's true of our bodies as well. Like you know, we're much larger and more developed than we are as children, Um, and it happens over a long period of time. Um, And so there's, you know, maybe maybe we're intended to see some continuity with that—that we're we're created um, and kind of mature over a long season, over a long period of time. And God just chose to create the world in such a way that, you know, there's processes to things, and that our spiritual recreation also happens kind of along a similar track that it's, a, uh, as you said, it's, it's long seasons of difficulty and hardship that often kind of promote the most growth. Um, and so, th- I mean, that's the first thing he points out. And I thought that was a great insight is that that's just kind of true of all of creation. Um, the other thing that I thought about was when we talk about becoming righteous, um, one, one passage that my mind immediately goes to is second Peter chapter one. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I've been in second Peter a lot here of late. Um,
1: we're gonna cover that on our men's retreat. Or are you thinking first Peter?
0: No, it's second Peter. I'm trying to remember the order of the uh, I had to sing a little song about it. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. All right, this is Second Peter chapter one, starting in verse three. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And then he goes on to say, for this reason, make every effort effort to grow in these virtues and qualities of godliness. And then he says in verse 8, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the thing that's striking to me is, one, we have an acknowledgement about the process that we're not, we're not doing it wrong if, if we're kind of observing an up and down kind of roller coaster in our, in our own walk, that there's two steps forward, one step back. I think the New Testament even acknowledges that tension. But something that I, that I think is really important is here in verse 4, that through these divine promises he's given us, we may become partakers of the divine nature. And so it's not just that we're being created, we're being made righteous, as if righteousness is just some set of qualities that exist kind of out there somewhere that we're trying to conform to. Yeah, we're being drawn into relationship with Jesus, um, with God the Father, with the Spirit, and the Trinity is working its image out in us. And so there's this, I don't know, relational component that just takes time, like as creatures who are relational beings. It just takes us time to grow in closeness with people um, in the same way that, you know, Emily and I, we, maybe we hit it off initially, but it took us, you know, the course of a year to figure out if we wanted to, to ultimately be married. Um, it, just, it just takes time to get close to people, right? And so um, similarly, when we think about our sanctification, we're not just conforming to these traits that exist kind of out in the ether somewhere we're we're becoming close to a person we're becoming close to the trinity and god himself is working his character out in us kind of through that relationship does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah um and so i think in some ways it's it's having a, a better sense of what sanctification actually is it's not just kind of adopting these qualities it's about closeness to a living breathing actual jesus you know
1: that's good yeah, and it does. It does take time. Your your time with Emily is much faster than uh, Casey and me. We were yeah six and a half years before we nice. had that decided, but we met in high school, so it took a little bit of time. I was uh, I was thinking about Philippians one. I know this is a verse commonly used, um, verse six, and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Um, and Paul is just. Uh, thank God for um, it always. Re- he, he talks about always thanking God anytime he remembers the flipping church and then says whatever essentially God has done it's going to come to completion he's going mm. to, to be faithful and I think there's an aspect that that's really good for our sanctification which is kind of what we're talking about but really good overall as well that we, um, we get to grow into this we get mm. to trust God we get to struggle trusting God uh, we get to wrestle with sin. We get to ask questions. We get to be prodded. We get to exhort one another uh, towards Christlikeness. likeness um, We get to hold each other accountable. There's a lot of even almost like philosophically that is good about us growing. Um, it feels like it would be, it's just best to ha- have no struggles anymore, but there's almost a, an inherent kind of yeah. beauty in the you know ugliness yep. of sin um, that we get to grow from and process and change. And I get to think about you know things the way I was ten years ago and five years ago and and twenty years ago, um, and three months ago and things I've been challenged on in the last couple of weeks and ways I'm trying to continue to grow that are really for my good. And, and you're saying that there's
0: that the process is rewarding in a way that an instantaneous granting of that thing wouldn't necessarily be. That's right. Um, And that's just how the Lord arranged things to be. That's You'd right. Go to the gym. If you could lose 30 pounds with one treadmill session, it would, it would lose the oomph kind of what makes that compelling and powerful and special yes. is the, is the, the laboring for that. And similarly in our sanctification, there's a kind of beauty in the, in the groaning and the struggle towards Christ. That's us.
1: right. And, and almost, I mean, we 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 learn so clearly. Anything worth having is worth sacrificing for. worth mm. taking a lot of time on, um, you know, from thing from big things like even just our relationships in the church body. Um, it, it's worth taking the time week after week, month after month, year after year to invest and to get to know people. And maybe it's not magical every week at our gathering or a community group or you know meeting up at. You know, whatever bojangles for breakfast. Mm. Um, But there's some beauty that continues to grow and grow and grow and grow. Um,
0: Yeah, and I haven't thought about the horizontal element before. That if it were instantaneous, if God zapped us and made us holy, that would rob we would rob one another of of being able to participate in the process of being sanctified together. That's right. And you sanctifying me and me sanctifying you. That would we wouldn't have access to that. Uh, That's a really good point. Yeah, good
1: exactly. And so there's there's beauty in that. And then, I mean, again, anything worth having is worth sacrificing for. Um, you know, marriage is a is a clear picture uh, of that. It's my, for my. It seems like the the world would articulate the way to get what's best for me is for me to think about me and just take for what's take whatever I want, whatever I think is best. But really, what's going to be best for me is to sacrifice my life for Casey hmm. and Audrey and Samuel. And then in the end, that's going to be way more satisfying, way more complete, way more fulfilling, and really way better than me just thinking I'm going to take, 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 take from this relationship. If mm. Casey and I are both giving our all um, to each other, we we will be better served in the end. But anything worth having is is worth kind of laboring through. And I mean, holiness seems in a in a in a kind of odd, unique, beautiful way the same way um, we we have to. We have to labor. We have to make sacrifices. We have to we have to give up things. Like I, I had to get off social media for for years, and really am still only on very very marginally. Um, and that was for my good, um, for any number of different reasons. I, you know, th- there's plenty of things that the Lord has convicted me of over time. That is, in the end, kind of a cool process to see mm. how the Lord grows us. He's faithful to complete what He has started. Mm.
0: It's good. You have to lose your life to find it.
1: That's Jesus good. Says. Yeah, that's exactly right,
0: man. Well, this has been really good. Um, I'd say just a couple of questions, maybe some some things we could encourage our listeners to consider. One would be, um, kind of in light of what Aaron was just saying, are you laboring towards holiness? Are you trying to put sin to death? Um, Allah, Romans chapter six. You know, putting putting like training our members in righteousness. We're training, he's saying we're literally training our body to perform righteously. You know, mm. uh, are we doing that? Are we, are we putting on the virtues and we, are we putting off the vices? Are we laboring towards holiness? Mm. Uh, that will be one thing. Um, another question I would encourage you to ask is kind of, again, in light of something Aaron said, are you, do you look more like Jesus today than you did a year ago? Um, if not, where where are you getting snagged? You know, snagged. Where, where are you? Where are you stalling out? Um, where have you digressed? And uh, then, what does it look like to to really lean in and kind of redouble your efforts to uh, right. to press towards Jesus? There's
1: really very little that is of equal importance to the act, and so it's it's worth sacrificing absolutely almost anything. Um, I, I was talking to a group of college students last weekend,
0: and um, college students kind of wrestling to ministry and missions, and the, uh, the guy who asked me to, to share asked me to talk about holiness in ministry. And uh, I have Ecclesiastes on the brain, so I went to Ecclesiastes 1, uh, the opening chapter where he talks about there being no remembrance of former things and the inevitability of everything that we do and devote ourselves to passing away. And so from that, I took that the most important thing isn't what we're building, it's not what we're doing. The most important thing is who we're becoming, mm-hmm. who will we be at the end of days when the tide of time has ground all of our accomplishments and all of our churches that we've built and all of our deals that we've brokered and all that, when, when all that is swept away, who are we going to be standing there uh, before the Lord? And so there's a, there's a kind of urgency that growing in holiness and becoming people of virtue and character modeled after Jesus, there's a kind of urgency there that is distinct from and unique from absolutely everything
1: else. Mm. Yeah, that's really, that's really, really good. So,
0: cool well thanks for your time
1: yeah thank you
0: all right go to uh, chick-fil-a and make sure you get two eight counts more bang for your buck and i have uh, no
1: I, I don't i don't think that's actually necessarily right but okay. figure out what is the best bang for your buck there you and, go price and per and nugget that. yeah
0: yeah and then by all means do not chew gum anywhere near me perfect so, I, will, I will avoid that at all costs.
1: all right maybe it'll be good for your holiness though so maybe i should let's chew gum maybe i should chew gum not next press that too too much here okay all right, you Thanks guys for can listening. come chew gum next to Trevor and see how he responds. I'm trying to be vulnerable, humble, man. and you're, gracious. You're weaponizing the masses no, against sorry. me. No, sorry, don't do that. <laughs> be kind to uh, Trevor. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.